what's up? I'm <laughs> like on calls all day. Oh, have you? I actually, I had to reschedule with Bridget. I have, um, so Jenny, I'm going to interview Jenny for her episode after you, but then my stepdad has work that he has to do. This is his office. And, um, I just, I couldn't find another space where I could access actual internet. So we had to push, um, Bridget back to next Sunday, but yeah. How's it? Do you get exhausted being on calls all the time? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it drains you in a different way. And we had, um, we were like, what, two hours with six of us, really? including me. Oh, that's right. Cause it was Shelly's birthday. Mm-hmm. Oh, how'd that go? Was so it so it was, fun? Oh my gosh. We had so much fun. <laughs> but we had Did fun. you get up to some mischief? <laughs> oh my gosh. The things. Yeah. We're, you know, showing off cats and innuendo that goes with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love, I love how much innuendo happens on Twitter between all of us. We're all so filthy. Yeah, we all had our, our mugs, so we, we all were like... <laughs> I only have two. I feel like I'm the, I'm the cheapest person in the whole world. I don't buy merch, but man, when those mugs come up, I'm like, oh, God damn it. Take my money. This is, this is how I have, and then... Um, because I want a raffle. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen sent me, I got a, a t-shirt, a bag and a mug. Oh, tree lady. So I'm like, yeah, the tree lady I, design is cool. I love that one. Super cool. <laughs> so we're going to do evil stepmothers and wicked godmothers and wicked women today. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited about it because, um, I'm a, I'm a hardcore feminist. Uh, and so as I was going through just doing basic, basic research, um, basically all of these women that we're going to discuss today are archetypes, mm-hmm. which are like um, like a caricature of a stereotypical person. And it, it's created for the purpose of simplifying, you know, removing complexities. And it's, it happens a lot to female characters in all genres, but fairy tales are notorious for it. So like a (laughs) (laughs) and we took requests didn't we yes we we did we asked i didn't get everybody's names i didn't get who requested whom um but i have gothel ursula maleficent the evil queen lady tremaine um prince charming's mom and cruella de vil that's who we're doing today got a good list yeah i'm excited about this one I actually made, I'm going to try not to fluff my notes around too much because it ruins the audio, but I made like a chart. Oh my God. Of, like <laughs> things that they each represent. And I've got witch, hair, voice, wickedness, um, a slight or an insult, fairy godmothers, vindictiveness, and vanity. So they all got little X marks where they intersected. <laughs> I the voice, like voice is what stood out to me the most. That is a good, yeah. You want to start there? It, it seems like at least for for Mother Gothel, for Lady Tremaine, mm-hmm. Evil Queen, and Ursula, mm-hmm. it, their voices were just so, I don't know, like honey, like smooth okay. and, and refined, mm-hmm. but like just 
You could feel the evilness behind yes. it. Yeah. Dripping with poison. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about voice in a very like concrete way. And I came up with the idea. I saw voice being a theme throughout a lot of these, but it was in a more metaphorical way. And um, just starting with Ursula, I mean, obviously there's the tangible, she wants um, Ariel's voice, but in all of these, and it's partly because these are historical, like oral folk tales on my end. I know you're doing the Disney, but for, for my end, these are like stories from the 1600s up through the 1800s. So women didn't have a huge voice. Women didn't have a lot of power back in those days. Mm-hmm. So I see the idea of voice coming up frequently in a metaphorical way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i you know what i gotta say from the start i have so much sympathy for these evil people even though a lot of them are evil like i i hate them but i understand them yeah yeah like there's a reason why they are the way they are they didn't just wake up one morning and decide hey i'm gonna be evil today yeah it's just yeah yeah and the types of things that they like so many of them have a slight like um uh Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty. Um, she was slighted, like she was intentionally overlooked. Gothel was um, another character, like her property was invaded by these people. They helped yep. themselves to her uh, ramps, which are no joke, by the way. Ramps is like a wild onion or garlic or a little bit of both. And they grow wild up here. And um, people are not messing around. Like no one will tell you where they get their ramps. Or leeks, wow. they go by leeks too. So uh, yeah, her her leeks were pretty powerful, and she wasn't fucking around with that. No, we are not cheap, so <laughs> you're gonna want to protect if they're growing wild. Yeah, yeah, I've got a little patch that nobody's ever gonna find. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. How do you want to do this? Do you want to go um, person by person, or do you want to just kind of talk about themes and jump back and forth? It's up to you. Hmm. How do you want to do it? Want to go back and forth? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Right on. Works for me. Yeah. We started off on voice and then I kind of cut you off because I'm a horrible <laughs> person. But um, was there anything that you, did you want to develop that idea anymore on your end? <laughs> it just seemed like, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, at least for the Disney movies, the heroine always seemed to have a high pitched, sweet, voice like the the heroine always had a particular tone mm-hmm. and the villain always has her own particular tone or, or pitch or just just the way that the voice actor um handled her they, they were all the same mm-hmm. um pretty much I mean it, Ursula was a little more sassy than yeah than the others but yeah um and Cruella DeVille, I guess, um, because she smoked or what? I don't know. Her voice was a little bit different. <laughs> she was she was all together. She looked kind of like um, death warmed over just yeah. in general. So but like Gothel and, and Lady Tremaine and the Evil Queen mm-hmm. and, and Maleficent, they all had that that smooth mm-hmm. voice, like like a voice that could hypnotize you, mm-hmm. I guess, into yeah. you know, thinking their intentions may not be so bad, but they are bad. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. With their voices. Absolutely. Um, 
one of the themes that runs through most of them is that women, um, so, so many of them are witches or um, considered supernatural in some way. They have some sort of supernatural power. And back in the day, um, women, it wasn't a good thing for a woman for a woman to be self-sufficient or to have a lot of power. So um, villainesses like Gothel, who was completely self-sufficient, she was uh, supernatural. She had the power to heal, um, to treat illness with her um, horticulture activities. Um, and that was just unacceptable. So um, in real life throughout history, um, these wise women who would be your midwives or your healers or your older women who don't need a fella, um, that they typically got the reputation or took on that archetype of like the witch, you know, and that comes along with this idea of being manipulative, um, clever, sly, tricky. You have to be vigilant around these women because uh, any kind of powerful woman is automatically dangerous. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gotta be careful. Gotta watch those self-sufficient women. Yeah. You can't, we can't be having that. No. <laughs> Every woman needs a man. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. As we see, I feel so bad. Like I was thinking about this all week after I published our first fairy tale destruction episode. And I was like, man, I really liked the little mermaid. And that explains so much about my life now <laughs> and the choices that I've made. I've sort of grown up a little bit, but man, I really internalized Ariel. Yeah. I love that. I do too. I can't help it. I think it's just, I, it. I think it's uh Sebastian. I'm just a fool for a Jamaican accent. Yeah. Can't help it. <laughs> I had high school French and we love Les Poissons. So like yeah. we would, we would sing that. <laughs> yeah. He's, his is fun to sing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sassy man. I like yeah, him. He is. <laughs> they cut off their heads and they pull out the bones. Yeah. He's, he's also not messing around, but he's like almost, I kind of want to party with him. <laughs> he seems like he'd be a lot of fun, except for <laughs> like the beheadings, but after enough wine, yeah, <laughs> I'll be a fish with you. I don't care. It just gets to that point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, going through these, I, I, do you know the, everybody's names? Like who requested what? Do you have that? You seem a lot more organized and adult than I am. I can find out. <laughs> I have, let's see. I tweet too much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I know, dude. I And Sundays are always really busy for me. And there are days where I'm like, oh my God, maybe I've tweeted too much. Or maybe I've been really obnoxious because like it slows down midweek. And then Sunday it's like, kabam, <laughs> Twitter's alive again. And you have 500 notifications. <laughs> like, where did all this come from? This is not me. Okay. I know Arabella said, Arabella said Mother Gothel. I know that for a fact. Um, okay. Alexandra said Cruella DeVille. Yeah. Lou said this, the uh, Prince Charming's mother. Yeah, Prince Charming's um, mother. Um, who else said Ursula? Oh, uh, Lisa. Lisa. Lisa with two eyes um, said Ursula. And I think Lady Tremaine and Evil Queen were already on our radar from last yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we both had a lot of notes about Gothel. Yes. 
let's just pick Gothel apart for a second because yes. there are a lot of really contradictory feelings toward her. <laughs> yeah, like she very passive aggressive and just trying to make Rapunzel feel bad for wanting to go to the outside world. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact like that she knew that the that the lantern festival every year was in the hopes that Rapunzel would see it and be able to come home. She Gothel knew what that was mm-hmm. and still kept it from Rapunzel, who she actually was. Um, so in the Disney version, it made you feel really bad for Rapunzel and despise Gothel. So the way for you to despise Gothel is for them to, you know, throw out all these passive aggressive things that she said and did. Right. And, um, um, but like me, the, like the picture of narcissism and it's yes. become like this buzzword and it's got a whole psychological definition that's a little more nuanced than the pop culture understanding. But I mean, I think we can work from the pop culture understanding of narcissism and just like self-absorption yes. to the point that you're willing to trample anyone else under your feet to get um, what it is that whatever it is that you have yeah. identified. And it's all like with her and with the evil queen, it, it was all about the looks. Mm-hmm. And I need to stay young, so I don't care who I have to kidnap, murder, destroy, so that I can stay young. Mm-hmm. They did it. So, like, that was the whole, that was, in the Disney version, at least, that was Gothel's entire reason for yeah, being and doing what she did was so that she could stay young because Rapunzel now, after having her mother ingesting the flower and the power was in Rapunzel's hair. So, so she had to maintain that the child is a resource and that, that, I mean, I think kind of translates to our current like pop culture understanding of narcissism and narcissistic parents. Like it's so toxic when you have a parenting situation where you are, serving a purpose like you're born with a job almost to fulfill something vicariously yes. the parents fulfill themselves vicariously through you um and that I think is like an updated version but I I think I'm trying to go back to my notes and think really so many of these that Disney has um taken over and kind of redone go back to that idea of um like narcissism, whereas in the older tales, it's really an examination of um, how power was seen for women. Uh-huh. But for Gothel and Disney, I mean, that was really her only power. And that seems to be for, for women in these stories, whether it's the heroine or the villainess, it's your only power is your looks or your ability to manipulate. Yes. Right? Exactly. It's just like this common thing with Disney. Yeah. You know? And it, it's... Because you you don't see anyone that's um, homely or mm-hmm. average, yeah. Um, and I guess it's that, although you know they'll they'll sometimes make the the villainous kind of haggard looking, but mm-hmm. they have to kind of make her look sweeter, I, I guess, because mm-hmm. you're not gonna um, like with with Cinderella and the and 
not Cinderella. My goodness, Snow White. <laughs> Sorry, because I was listening to our, our first episode and I called Snow White Cinderella like 30 times. <laughs> You're fine. We all know what we're talking about here. You get very excited. <laughs> <laughs> the um, when she was the old hag. Yeah, like you're you're less likely to take something from mm-hmm. an old ugly person than you would be, you know, this beautiful evil person. So like you're gonna dress up the evilness so that it looks good. So that looks good, yeah. Yeah, um, which would speak to the manipulation part of it. Like the the whole thesis seems to be that powerful women are necessarily manipulative. So you would think that they would be smart enough to. Yeah, and that the pretty girls are stupid and fall for the mm-hmm. the insanity of the narcissistic villainous like yeah yeah it's like yeah. what is that <laughs> what is going on here yeah it's very like I think back to my like childhood and like the things that I internalized like the wicked stepsisters or the wicked stepmother or the, the sea witch is always the sea witch was like morbidly obese you know yes. any any bad character is automatically like a caricature so if she's large she's larger than life if she's ugly she's like hideous and grotesque you know the stepsisters were stupid and ugly and also mean and horrible you know and it mm-hmm. just it's this equation of um physical beauty or attractiveness to the moral, you know, yeah. where this person falls on the morality spectrum. <laughs> and pretty girls have morals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I learned that in high school. Pretty girls, beautiful girls. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's. Yeah. It's madness. It's madness. But I have so much, like, so with Mother Gothel, we talked about this too, just you and I back and forth in messages. Um, I am at... At the same time, I am horrified that I might be her. Um, and I also recognize her in different authority figures that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Like this, I have this insecurity constantly that because I think when you grow up with a narcissistic or a really self-absorbed person who's not able to see their child as an individual, you wind up being gaslighted a lot and being told you're the problem. I'm not the problem. And you internalize that. And um, so I'm never, when I watch that movie, I get very, very uncomfortable and insecure because I'm like, am I Gothel or am I Rapunzel? I don't know. And (laughs) I don't know why I feel the need to like identify with a character, but I do in any movie that I watch. (laughs) Yeah, this, this one is like, (sighs) yeah. (laughs) She's scary. She makes me super uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I didn't. As I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my goodness, I know this person because it, it was something that I didn't see in my childhood, but like other, it was pointed out to me mm-hmm. as a teenager and a young adult. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It wasn't until I was an adult that, and I was on my own and I, then I could see it because I was separated from it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I've been living with Mother Gothel. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. fascinating too that the entire plot, like the the actual events of the story, are a, basically it's a story of individuation. So Rapunzel has to separate physically and emotionally from Gothel in order to to recognize who she actually is and to sort of integrate her true self. Yeah. You know, and those um, scenes from when when Flynn first 
rescued her and she's out and she's she's running around the forest and she's like I'm free and then she's, sitting there and she's crying and she's like oh my yeah, god you can't is... be mad at me yes I felt it all yes total ambivalence because you're like at the same time you're like this is great I deserve this and then you're like I'm a horrible person and it never mm-hmm. stops for yep. me anyways. I totally recognize that yeah 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 I, I just yeah I, I to be made to feel like you're the most horrible person because you did something to someone else, but you didn't do something to someone else. They perceived it that way. You're, you're living your life and doing what you need to do. But the other person is like, you did this to me. Yeah. And you do internalize that. And then everything you do after that is like, oh my gosh, is this going to make them mad? Are they mad at me? I don't want, I don't want anyone to be mad at me, but you need to live your life too. Like, And that's, I think, one of the reasons that I really liked, I really like Disney's adaptation of Rapunzel because I feel like, um, and this is, I think, a theme as you go through any Disney, um, the progression of Disney movies through the years, you know, you go from Snow White, the very traditional fairy tale rendering of it, into this more, you you get into um, Tangled with Rapunzel, Moana, um, uh, Tatiana, even women, and it's, I think it's just a function of, like, our social existence i mean they had to start acknowledging you know women as individuals and complex characters and not just strong yeah (laughs) and not dead girls in glass boxes yeah not dead you don't yeah i am really not a fan of of the prince in in snow white since the last time we talked i really have negative feelings towards him and i got some issues to iron out (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, it's I, I really love Tangled and I love the newer the newer movies because even you know Brave. I'll tell you what my favorite Disney movie is now. It used to be um Ariel. I've grown up quite a bit in the past 30 years. And so I love Merida. She is my favorite because she's not taking any shit. And her mom reminds me of Gothel, but it really brings in the nuance of like she has the best of intentions, she just can't help herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I noticed, I noticed like the, the, um, complexity and the nuance there with Merida's mom. And I know we aren't talking about Merida's mom. (laughs) It's hard not to draw comparisons. (laughs) We have to, because just there, and and this is where, you know, some people will complain about Disney movies and how, um, we've, we have to acknowledge the fact that yes, they are including strong women now. Mm -hmm. And, that can hurt the feelings mm-hmm. of some people. Yeah. Too bad. Um, because <laughs> this has been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's I think it's really fun to watch um, and to see how they handle it because there are times where they attempt to create a really self-sufficient or a really strong female character and they kind of bungle it. Yeah. Um, in ways that they didn't even realize as they were doing it. And it's fun to see the analysis. I love to read the different back and forth. Um, and I don't think either one is right or wrong, you know, but it's interesting to see the arguments back and forth. Definitely. Analysis. Yeah. Yeah. Gothel, I, and it, maybe it's just because I'm so, um, acutely aware of parenting just in my life. I mean, my mm-hmm. entire podcast is about it, but I get, I get so paranoid when I watch Dangle because I'm like, am I Gothel? I just don't know. And I'm like, oh. you're not Gothel. I can tell you <laughs> I get super freaked out. I have to take breaks. 
You're hairy. You are Rapunzel. I am now, yeah. And I just had some cut off, but it was pretty long there for a little bit. <laughs> Ain't nobody climbing up it, though. Yeah, that was one thing that I wrote down. Um, yeah, nobody is climbing up some hair that blonde because no. that that hair is damaged. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's magic or that. <laughs> that shit has been bleached. <laughs> breaking my hair off. Yeah. One of the funny differences that I came across as I was reading about, um, so this is a brother's, one of the brothers Grimm stories. And so it has different iterations. The brothers Grimm really changed a lot of the oral folk tales that they collected, but the, the most concentrated, um, true to form ones are the 1812 ones. And, um, it, one of the funny things is that Gothel, um, so <laughs> when the print, because it's a prince, it's not Flynn. I am in love with Flynn. I'm going to tell you right now. He's so sassy and nasty and just like manly and stupid and cute. And just, I love him. I think he's one of the cutest Disney like heroes of all time. But in the story, um, there were two different versions. The first one was that um, Rapunzel accidentally gave herself away by saying that her dress felt tight around the midsection, which indicated that she had become pregnant. In the story, she was 12 also when this oh, happened. Dang. Yeah, so going back to the ages, which is also a historical thing. I mean, obviously, like, women got married, you know, very young and started bearing children around 13, but still, she was only 12. Um, so in the first 1812 version, she, she got pregnant and she said, um, my dress is a little tight, and that's how Gothel found out about the prince in the second one she goes hey mom how come I can lift the prince up here so much easier than I can lift you up here so I love I love Rapunzel in that she is very like childlike and she's very much like me like I say stupid shit or like I just say whatever comes into my head without thinking and so I love watching her because I'm like yeah I recognize that (laughs) (laughs) well like childishness and then you're like oh that was inappropriate. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait. <laughs> Forget I said that. <laughs> I invite anyone who feels the need to ignore me to just feel free to do that because <laughs> probably for the best 90% of the time. Yeah. I love Gothel. I could do an entire episode on her. Um, Ursula is another one, you know, um, Sea Witch. So powerful woman, independent woman. She she lives, I recognize myself and her because in the story, let me go to my notes here without fluffing too much, my wrinkly paper. Um, she, she has, she's identified as an old hag who allowed a toad to eat from her mouth. And she has two sea snakes that she keeps as pets, but she refers to them as her chickens. And I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> Well, shit. She's a curvy girl with some chickens who does everything without a man. So I'm not feeling real good about myself right now. Well, as long as you haven't named your chickens Flotsam and Jetsam, you should be okay. I haven't named any of them that yet. That's good. And I haven't cut out anyone's tongue yet. That's that is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing. So I'm, I don't think that you're Ursula either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, my default is always to be like okay how am I like this villain what do I need to change about myself <laughs> it's such an April Ludgate thing it is it is I'm 100% in that headspace all of the time <laughs> I'm trying to lighten up but 
So far, it's only showing the hair. <laughs> I have the April hair. Yeah. You have the Leslie hair. Yeah, it's weird. For the reverse. Yeah. What's <laughs> out there? I don't know. I guess I'm just a salty weirdo. I just am. I'm just awkward and weird, and I say weird shit. And I'm, well, I'm watching your interviews, and I'm like, I know that that's crafted, but that's how I naturally am. Just awkward and weird. <laughs> We're all weirdos. Trust me. <laughs> yeah yeah Ursula is is a an interesting one she's she's not necessarily wicked though and see that's the thing that's the funny thing about that 90s like um mid to late 90s villainous Disney situation they were sort they were becoming more ambiguous Mm -hmm. like she never really she took advantage of the fact that Ariel had like a a one-track mind right remember that the motivation there was dick Dick. but um dick just capital d dick um but i mean she took advantage of that but she was pretty straightforward about it you know and ariel was a little bit older um she was actually 15 and i have have a weird note in the story so in the story at age 15 mermaids are allowed to go to the surface to like check out human life and see what it's all about it reminded me so much of the Amish because when they turn 16, yep. they go on Rumspringa, which is like they get to, they can put like a battery on their buggy and take their girlfriend out for a ride and actually play music and stuff and be English for a little bit and decide if they want to stay Amish or go English. And if they go English, just like with Ariel, they have to, they are completely excommunicated. They cannot okay. eat at the same table with their family. They can never come home again. It's like com- complete excommunication. You're shunned. Yeah, shunned. Yeah, like Dwight Schrute shrunk, but for real. Yep. Wait, go ahead, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was great. The the similarities I saw there were really interesting to me. But yeah, I think it's interesting to watch the progression again. Like you see, you go from like Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, Snow White into like Little Mermaid in the 90s. The 90s is where it sort of started to become a little bit more ambiguous. Yeah, because like, I mean, the Eva Queen and Lady Tremaine and and Cruella de Vil and like all of them, they were evil. Mm -hmm. New, just they were evil, bad people. Whereas like, when you get to Ursula, you think she's the villain, she's evil, but she's really, she's just manipulative. That's all. Yeah. She just to get what she wanted. Right. Exactly. And once again, we're back to this theme of the strong woman is the strong woman is vilified. So yep. she, she was just doing what she needed to do to get what she wanted. Exactly. Uh, do I think that she's like a bastion of moral supremacy? No, <laughs> like obviously she had, you know, um, selfish intentions, but who doesn't? And I think that kind of came through a little bit in the yeah. of of Lauren. Yeah, they just ramped up the um, manipulativeness yeah. of yeah. her. Um, but yeah, she just she wasn't. She evil. she was she straight just, up. She's like, here's what I want. I want yeah. her voice. Period. I I just want to take her voice. Which is interesting, too, because there's this theme, and I've come across this in different interviews with women, um, especially like in the Working Moms episode, woman versus woman in the workplace. It is, it's a doggy dog world. Like you, you have to know what you want. You have to be willing to go get it. You cannot be sweet 
but you also can't be shrill. You have to walk this really fine line. And Ursula, I think is vilified because she's just like, I'm not, I'm not going to worry about if I'm too shrill and I'm not going to be sweet at all. You know, exactly. Yeah. And I've always that because that was my favorite. I don't know what I took from that. And I think it just kind of really melded into this like default for me where I always try to take the side of too sweet as opposed to too shrill. And then I'm disappointed when I don't get the result that I'm hoping for. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Probably be a little bit more like Ursula, just straight up. This is what I'm after. (laughs) She knew what she wanted. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she, there was a legal contract. Ariel signed it. I don't Yeah, I did. I knew, but didn't make her. Yeah. (laughs) And that brings up a point that I was thinking about as we went, as I went back through and like listened and kind of like analyzed my own conversation with you the last time, you know, we talk about the narcissism of Prince Charming and Cinderella. Cinderella went back all three nights, you know, this guy chased her home the first night with an ax and tried to cut her out of a dove coop, but she went back the second night and then she went back the third night. And so it's interesting. Like, what were you expecting? Yeah. Yeah. Like, at what point do we do we say to ourselves, this is getting really, I'm very exhausted in the morning from having to run away from this axe-wielding prince who's not charming at all. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it's like the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Yes. Yeah. Right? Oh. Yeah. But it, it's so funny, like when you go back to the Brothers Grimm story and even, you know, even in the Cinder- in the Disney version, they don't really go into how Cinderella felt about that. Like they never discussed how what her feelings were about having been chased when she was just trying to get home. Exactly. And that's, that's like an important point that like I, totally escaped me at eight years old, you know? They're counting on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like when I watch these things with my kids and my girls, it's funny. We don't watch a lot of Disney movies, honestly. And when we do, it's like we tend to go more for like the Sony, like um, Hotel Transylvania or just nature documentaries all day or Impractical Jokers. <laughs> we don't do a lot of Disney at my house. But when we do, I will literally stop the video and be like, what do you think of that? What are, you, what are your thoughts here? And they're like, mom, just hit play I just want to watch a movie like a normal kid and I'm like but no we have to have a philosophical conversation about it first my kids hate me already (laughs) did you do that with yours no but sometimes they they would you know see things on their own and be like that that way or yeah why does she act that way (laughs) like but yeah they would see things and now that they're older yeah. They look at things like, yeah, that wasn't right. That was weird. <laughs> yeah. But then they had a, a mom that they could like come to with those questions too. Whereas I think a lot of us, especially in the eighties and nineties, there was a whole different situation. And I talked about this with, um, uh, Mary, um, Patrick in episode six, like the way we grew up in the eighties and nineties, the relationship with your mom, she taught you what to do when you had your period. Um, she taught you how not to be a hoe. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't really teach you or give you any insight or behind the curtain knowledge of what it was like to actually be a woman. Exactly. That subjective experience. I don't, I did not feel prepared for the types of like existential issues I'd be dealing with as a woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. 
I knew what kind of pads to buy, but I didn't you know, <laughs> how to deal with the crushing existential depression that would come, you know, like, depression, what is that? Mm-hmm. We don't talk about such things. We don't have depression. We're happy all of the time. <laughs> Everything's perfect and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a completely different parenting situation back then. So it's just fascinating. It, it like so you can look at the Disney movies and you can pick them apart, but really there's a lot of social changes that go with that progression of Disney's style. Oh yeah. And that it all ties in. And that's I think why it fascinates me. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. What about Maleficent? Did you have anything like specific about Maleficent that you I mean, I did kind of feel bad for her because she was overlooked, but like, was she overlooked because she was evil? Yeah. I think because she was overlooked. I think she had the strongest personality out of all, whether you're going with, um, you know, Charles Peralt, which I think was in 1697, Charles Peralt wrote the story and then the Brothers Grimm um, collected it in 1812. So, but in the Peralt version, there were eight fairy godmothers and Brothers Grimm, there were 13, but she was the last one. And she, in, in both stories, she had strong personality. She had the personality that she wasn't going to be overlooked. That's, you know, fine. and that was unacceptable. So she had to be vilified, you know, that explains it. Mm-hmm. That totally explains it. Yeah, we can't have that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's just not. We don't want our women having voices. Why would we want that? You should just politely accept, accept your shunning, Grace. <laughs> Grace is not something I always say. If I had to, like, I'm fascinated by the Victorian era and the 1920s, and I'm, you know, fascinated by a lot of different periods in history, but God damn, if I was to like get some plutonium and a flux capacitor and go back to those times, they would just immediately burn me at the stake. Just nope. It would just be held to the nope. She's a witch. She's <laughs> Yep. Unacceptable. <laughs> I have this like nostalgic idea of what it would have been like to be a woman in the fifties, but really I think that I would have just been run out of town. <laughs> And don't don't listen to anything he has to say nothing. <laughs> danger, danger. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, I see it through all of them. These women, it, it, the the manipulative thing is really just that they're incredibly insightful and aware and socially keen. And yes, they're manipulative, but they're fully aware of everything that's going on around them and Mm -hmm. that is another element that makes them dangerous yep you know yep cannot be socially aware Mm -hmm. no you have to just be pretty and you know want the dick (laughs) you don't want the dick you can't be trusted automatically just off the bat you're out out because that's what (laughs) you're not interested in just mindless pleasure let's call it pliable pliable (laughs) bendable can you be easily manipulated if so you're on the right track (laughs) Disney princess I imagine all these like 
heroines and villainesses like in kindergarten together and like there's just this horrible principle that's like separating them <laughs> like you're gonna be evil you know you're gonna be yeah. kind of, you're I've never the descendant but i think that may have been kind of like the the gist mm-hmm. i never watched them i may have to my kids were obsessed with them and I caught snippets and I, I know that I love Ursula's daughter just because her hair is cool and she's got the best musical routine. Um, but Descendants is interesting and it would be an interesting, um, like offshoot to this conversation because it's the, the children of the villains who have grown up, you know, you're automatically bad because your mother was bad or because your father was a villain. You are too. And so there's this, you know, it's breaking out of the archetypes, which is fascinating to me. You know, I I feel like socially we get put in these roles too. And so it's our job to either break out of them or not. And then as women, I think, and as moms, you're faced with this fear that you're, you're going to be vilified. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I am not my mother's daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, there's, there's been a lot of arguments and stuff and it's just because I've, I've never been accepting of social expectations, I guess. Yeah. It took me a long time to get to that point because I was, I was very pliable, you know, I would do whatever she wanted me to do. And then in my later years, when I would say, you know what? No, Mm-hmm. Now, then, mm-hmm. then the vilification comes in. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. am I bad? I know. And you, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to know. And I think even when you do know, like intellectually, you know, I'm like, no, I- I'm actually really comfortable with who I am and I'm comfortable <laughs> in my convictions. But there's always going to be that little nagging internalized voice because your early experiences are, they shape who you are and what you believe. Oh, yeah. If it weren't for my husband going, no, 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 you're yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> that behavior that's bad. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Now, I, now I'm okay. Yeah. And it's exhausting. In your ear saying, no, you're okay. You are going to be like, mm-hmm. am I that bad? <laughs> and it needs to come from somewhere external to you. I really believe that it needs to, like, I hate the rhetoric of if you don't love yourself, who's going to love you? I think that's so not helpful. Like you need that externalized voice saying the things because it's hard to even listen to at first. Yeah. And to go back to the idea of audios, some of those were really hard to listen to when I like started, like the ones that were like empowering or like yeah. saying that, or like trying to get you to internalize this, you know, mess. I couldn't tolerate it. I had to shut them right off because it was too uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It takes a long time. to feel it. So yeah. Yeah. You feel like a bad person for even thinking that about yourself. Yeah. yeah. You have to break through all this. There's so many hard candy layers. <laughs> To my, to my mental <laughs> Okay, I'm just waiting to see if Gina's going to come back. Something happened. Even here in wonderful internet land, uh, things are not always perfect. So let me, I'm going to get on and just see. Okay, so I know that Gina only has until 4.30 and it is currently 4.15. We got kicked apart there. I'm not sure what happened. Um, the internet here, even though it's actual internet and not satellite internet, it still can be dodgy. So not sure on what end that happened, but 
oh, there she is. She just messaged me back. I said, you can come back if you want. She just sent me a message on Twitter that said she's on her way and there she is. <laughs> Even for the internet is awesome. It's awesome. Technology. Rural Pennsylvania. Welcome. Is there, I know you only have like 15 minutes left. So like what, what I'm going to let you kind of direct how we should wrap up. What do you, what do you want to do with the rest of the time that you have? In this conversation. Let's see. I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. I don't know where to go. <laughs> I know. I, you know, um, Prince Charming's mom, and that was Shrek, right? It was mm-hmm. DreamWorks Shrek. So I watched the first Shrek a lot. I thought it was pretty cool, but it was, you know, one of those first, you know, um, CGI type movies. So when it came out, I was interested, but. I don't remember the character of Prince Charming's mom. So I did just a little bit of like brief research um, from fairly reputable sources. Um, There's a a fandom, like a fairy tale fandom wiki and a Disney wiki um, Mm -hmm. with a lot of just, you know, basic information. Um, But Prince Charming's mom is kind of like an amalgamation of all of these different elements and all of these different characters that we've talked about. She's and even in my chart, in my little um, chart, she she gets an X for wickedness um, and manipulation. She's a fairy godmother, but she's also vindictive. So she's like this weird combination, and she's like the ultimate manipulator because she comes off as like super, you know, to your face. Yeah, really sweet and yeah, but with an ulterior motive. Exactly. And that is something that I notice in pop culture and just in current, you know, um, women's interpersonal issues, like at work and stuff. That's always one of the first things they want to jump to. It's either your appearance or you're fake. You're fake. Yeah. You know, if you're, if you're that nice, it can't be real. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And she kind of plays into that. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I kind of want to go back and rewatch that one now. I feel like I might have some sympathy for her too. I don't know. I tried to last night. It's not on Amazon Prime. You have to oh. buy it or rent it. So mm-hmm. I have the DVD somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll have to get that one and see what's going on there. Because she's she's interesting to me. She might be worth a, <laughs> a little deeper look. Yeah, because you don't, like, you, you see hints, but you don't get the, mm-hmm. like, full picture until the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then Cruella, um, she that story was actually 1952 1956 written by Dodie Smith it was a it was a novel before it was um a Disney movie but um Cruella is basically just this vain pampered heiress um we love to vilify them today too yes yes yeah a lot of these things that in 1812 in Germany they were vilifying women for were we're still vilifying women for and i find that women are actually harder on other women yes than men on women does that make sense yes Hmm. i I, like working sometimes working for female bosses yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, i'll tell you what i am more at ease in a factory running a fork truck with a bunch of men than i am in an office with a bunch of women always yeah my my last job um the the vice president over the department that I worked in um she was just horrible like 
She mm-hmm. did not like me. She'd walk mm-hmm. up and down the aisles and she'd say hello to everyone in our little mm-hmm. cute pod, except mm-hmm. she'd walk right past me. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? Yeah. And then the sometimes she would acknowledge my presence, other times she wouldn't, but like the, I put in my notice and so I'm leaving in, in two weeks. She got a copy of it. Um, another supervisor who I really didn't get along with all that well came over a couple of times to, you know, to talk to me before I left. Right. Um, a manager in another department who I didn't even work for would come over and say hello to me. This woman just avoided me like altogether. Didn't even come to my area uh-huh. for the last two weeks that I was there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Why are, why are women so crappy to other women? I don't understand. It's crazy. And the bullying thing, um, you know, this just came up at work. Like they are just doing trainings and trying to, you know, make sure that everybody's on the same page. And there was a discussion of bullying. And I thought to myself, I've never in my life, I've worked at several factories, several jobs that were really only for men. And somehow I wound up being the one, you know, driving the fork truck or working on the roof of the factory, you know, and those are the jobs where I always felt super comfortable. I never felt bullied. I never felt. um, So we talk a lot about sexism and feminism, but honestly, I think it's, it's worth it to discuss those topics. But really what it comes down to is these issues have put women against other women more so than it's ever put women against men. We have to compete harder. We have higher expectations, but pretty much any minority and, you know, women are a social minority is going to have to work 10 times as hard for half the respect. So that's almost like baseline. That's almost expected. But then when you start having other women, you would think that we're all in this together, but it, it doesn't seem to be that way. No, I mean, that, that boss in particular, um, when I had, um, like we had to work overtime and so they wanted us to come in on Saturdays and, you know, or stay late during Mm -hmm. the week and stuff. And I'm like, you know, well, my son is in marching band. There's, you know, I want to see him, you know, do marching band stuff. And, um, you know, my daughter ran track. I wanted to Mm -hmm. see her, you know, run track and, the, the response that I got was, well, you know, when I was a single mom and mm-hmm. I had to work and um, there were things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but I had work that still needed to be done, even though it wasn't Saturday, it wasn't her day to work. Mm-hmm. She was a Monday through Friday person, Yeah, but she had extra work to do. So she missed all that, those things because she went to work on Saturday instead. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So why is that a good thing? Like, I don't yeah. Understand. Why would you want to perpetuate that? How is this a, a pep talk for me to yeah. make you want to come in to work extra time yeah. and miss my kids stuff? Yeah. 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 I that find that like even competition when I'm competing against another man for a job, I feel much more confident because I feel much more like I, I, this is what he's capable of. This is what I'm capable of. And I can see pros and cons for both. And I'm more confident in an interview situation because it's more cut and dry. It's more straight forward. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to competing against another woman, I have to be so careful about what I say and who I say it to. And if the management is all women too, exactly. it just, you got, and I don't, to me, I'm pretty, and like I said before, I like to just, my foot and my mouth are very well acquainted. And it's because I don't really, I, I don't see anything wrong with saying exactly what's on my mind. Cause I don't mm-hmm. mean to offend anyone, but this is what I actually think. And I, I find it's hard for me to play those games. And I find I have to play them a lot more when I'm in a female yeah. work environment. And, it's like, and you have to watch like, especially when you have kids, mm-hmm. it's not going to be held against me because mm-hmm. 
because I have kids or, you know, I, I'm going to need time for things because I have kids. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're expected as a woman to do everything. And, and that was another theme that, and I know we don't have a lot of time left, but that was another thing that came up, especially for like in the brothers Grimm era, the 1812 era, where they were writing these things down. You always notice that the, the evil, the villainous is never a mother. She's a step mother or she's a god mother or she's in some way not real mother and that was because motherhood was so sacred they considered it so sacred that even a hero a hero or a heroine could never kill the actual mother the mother always had to die in the sainted tragic way and she was 100 good whereas the evil stepmother then it's like all of these anxieties and issues that women have with one another mothers and daughters you you almost have to transfer it to a less threatening target because yeah the mother is such a sacred archetype. And so what kind of, ex- how are you supposed to live up to that expectation as a mom? Exactly. Right? Yep. That's, I can't. Like, I am not that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Madonna whore complex. You're either a villain or you're the, the mother, the perfect mother. Yep. And there's no in between. And it's just so unrealistic. So, I mean, I think we all realize that fairy tales are unrealistic, but I think it's worth like investigating these, these, the ways that, you know, we grew up learning about expectations and things. Someone's knocking on my door. What's up? Hi. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. Thank you. Say hi to Gigi. (laughs) There's June. (laughs) It was very important get my wallet back so. bye <laughs> so yeah I know we're kind of out of time on in terms of your schedule is there anything that because uh, I don't like to I like to it to be a back and forth <laughs> <laughs> I think we covered everything yeah I think we did yeah I, I, I enjoy these conversations. I don't know if we really stayed on track because I don't sit and like script out what we're going to talk about. And I don't really have any goals going into it except just a fun conversation. So uh-huh. hopefully that was interesting for the people who requested um, these characters. And, you know, we, I think we should brainstorm and find more ways to discuss fairy tales. Absolutely. Take, take more requests. So if anybody has any characters that they want to, or any uh, like archetypes or, you know, themes, from fairy tales or Disney movies that you want to discuss, let us know, me or Gina, because we'll get together. Yes, we will. Hammer that shit right out. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to save the world, Gina, you and me. Yes, we are. (laughs) We'll make you laugh in the process. (laughs) Hopefully. Or burst into flames of straight (laughs) anger. You know, mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) I like a strong reaction, whether it's positive or negative, so I'm fine either way. (laughs) (laughs) You'll either hate us or love us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what do you, what do you got going on the rest of today? Making dinner. Family time. Premier. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I can't participate in premieres because I, my, I just have an aneurysm. I try, I type out a response and it's already 30 feet up in yeah. the thread. And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. It goes really fast. Yeah. I'm not, I'm more of like a woodsy girl. Just like a one-on-one conversation or like three of us would be okay. But beyond that, it's too much for me. (laughs) 72 Uh, people know. Yeah. It's, oh my God. I was like, I think I need to leave now. (laughs) Now that I've embarrassed myself and I appear 80 when I'm only 40. (laughs) (laughs) Remember my grandfather not being able to use the technology of my time. And now I'm that person. 
I'm just not that smart. Ah, <laughs> uh, enjoy your premiere. I will. I always read your comments afterwards because it's fun to like know what happened, and I feel like I'm sort of involved, even though I don't have to actually like have the stress of participating. So <laughs> keep that coming because I feel included. I will in a peripheral way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Get okay. at us with requests. Gina, you kick ass. I'm enjoying these and I want to do more. So I, I, so do I, girl. I love you. <laughs> I love you. Aw, see? It doesn't have to be like that, ladies. You can be nice to each other. Exactly. exactly. You can ruin things for each other and still not hate each other. Life keeps you pretty. It can be done. Yeah. The laughter. You know what? It's given me the old hag lines and I love it. I love every wrinkle because it's like... <laughs> That was a time that I smiled, and that might have been hard one at one point. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to get a real like convention going. Yeah, we'll hit Eastern PA next year, and then we'll just work our way around. <laughs> Take it on the road. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's coming. Good times. We are the delicious dish. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> I, I'm definitely interested in having. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'll let you go do your family thing. Okay. Thanks for hanging out with me for a little bit. Oh, thank you.